0: people and the provisions that God gives us to, to accommodate the harvest that is upon us today. 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, I'm going to start with verse 18 but then I'm going to scatter on down or skip through it kind of quickly so media I know you won't, it's okay if you, you can't keep up because I'm just going to go through it. Chapter 4, starting with verse 18 of 2 Kings. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died tell you, you can tell he's just a child, they're saying five, six years old. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. She called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. He said, Wherefore wilt thou go him today? Is it neither new moon nor Sabbath? And she said, it will be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. She said, don't slow down. This is too urgent. So she went and came to the men of God, to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the men of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, his servant, behold, yonder... Is that Shudamite? Run now, I pray thee, to meet her. Say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered, It is well. She came to the man of God to the heel. She caught him by the feet. Gehazi came near thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone. For her soul is vexed and the Lord from him. Skip over to verse 32, Elijah, and when Elijah was come into the house, behold the child was dead, laid upon the bed, he went in therefore shut the door, them twain prayed, verse 34, and he went up and laid upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched forth himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned, walked into the house to and fro, went up, stretched himself upon him. child sneezed seven times. The child opened his eyes, called Gehazi, called the Shunammite, called her. And when he was coming to him, he said, Take up thy son. She went in, fell at his feet, bowed herself to the ground, took up the son, and went out. I want to preach to you specifically from the two verses of 19, 18, and then the third verse being that of 33 and 34, or 33. And the thought that, that I want to bring to your attention is when the request don't make sense. When the request don't make sense. Lift your hands one more time. And just ask God to talk to us today. I feel faith in this building today. Father, I ask you now, by the authority of your word and your name, Let your word go forth and stir the gift of faith, God, that be resident in the people of God today. That we could see our miracle now is closer and the help of your presence is closer now than it's ever been before. Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. This story of the Shunammite is actually the whole chapter of of chapter 4 is is filled with the miraculous and the inner weaving and intertwine of human personality human uh, mindsets and how the humanity perceives faith you know you and I are very different from one another and I'm thankful for that that we are not all the same though we, we have certain people or ones that we would esteem as, as uh, and I know we would say a great man of God or woman of God or uh, these elements of, of, of honor that we give, and I thank God for that. But yet aside from those moments of giving honor to, to certain ones that we esteem as, 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 as great people in God, We forget that there is an individuality that God has created us all with. And and James said it like this, for it's not wise for you and I to compare one to another. That's a lesson I wish the world could ever learn. The spirit of competition has has overtaken us. And and, and really what it is is nothing more than pride in, in a cloak of something good. But really what it's trying to say is I have compared myself to somebody else. And because they got what I want, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to measure up to somebody else's standards. Can I help somebody from the very beginning of this message? The only measuring stick you and I need to look at is what does God say about me and you? What does God say about you and I And my progression and where I am I wish somebody would pull the veil Off of your enemy that's made you Believe that you're less than something That you need to be based on what Somebody else's opinion is About you somebody hear me I don't care what your mama your daddy Your aunt your uncle your friend Says about you the only thing That matters in the end of the day is What does God say about you And if you have pleased God Then you're a success in the Things of God. Your mom and dad can belittle you. Your family can abuse you. Your friends can make you feel less than what you may feel. That's, what, that, that's the damnable curse with someone that's been physically, sexually, mentally abused. Always under this load of I'm never going to accomplish what I need to accomplish. I'll never be like so and so or this one. And what you and I need to understand is you don't put your eyes on what somebody else is. You put your eyes on what God says about you. And if you can keep your eyes on Him, God can heal that mind. God can heal those emotions. God can heal the damage that was done to you by a family member of years gone by. You don't have to be a victim of somebody else's evil. You don't have to. We choose. Not negating the struggle to become that's real. And every day, brother, I know I got to wake up to the reality of what was and what was done. But I choose that day that when I get up in the morning i 'm not going to be held hostage by what somebody did or by what somebody said or what but somebody 's opinion. God is raising a church up in an hour and he 's got some requests that 's going to be a little bit different. but if you step out by faith and you operate in faith god 's going to grant the request. The struggle is in my own. Humor.
1: Devil ain't my enemy.
0: And he for sure ain't God's enemy. Because enemy speaks of equal. There ain't nobody equal to God. Oh, adage that was told years ago. Give me the opposite of white, black. Give me the opposite of darkness, light. Give me the opposite of God. And many times people say the devil. The devil ain't the opposite. He's a created being just like you and I. And he's on a leash that at any given moment God can rip that leash back and pull him back. He ain't equal to God. He's not your enemy. My biggest enemy is what happens in my mind and in my own self. But he gave me a remedy for that. If I take it to an altar. Well that request seems crazy. You mean it's that easy Benoit? It's that easy. I bring it to an altar. And I say God forgive me. Help me in my mind. Help me in my spirit that easy but you see in our mind the requests don't make sense it don't make sense you mean that's all I just come and I pour myself out before God yeah I get honest with God yeah I get transparent with God yeah the requests don't always measure what we think it should be To get what we need from God. We think we got to do all these fancy things to get God's attention. We think that if I do this or I'm this one. Or I've got this pedigree. Or I've got this mama or daddy. Or I've got this family heritage. Or this family inheritance. And we measure my miracle based upon the request that God's asking of me. At that moment. And really, all God's saying, if you'll just do what I'm asking you to do right now, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry how it's going to work out tomorrow. Just do what I'm asking you to do here today. The struggle is no doubt just like this woman, I'll shoot him. It started, the story really starts with the man of God keeps coming by, coming by, coming by. And she says, "I perceive he's a holy man. Let's build a room for him that he'll stop and stay." See, she had no baby, she had no lineage, she had no son. And in Judaism, our early church history, having a child guaranteed your inheritance. <sighs> Not like today, your kids spend your inheritance or their inheritance. <laughs> They don't take care of mama and daddy. You go into a nursing home. But back then if you had a kid. It was the guarantee. That that kid was going to turn around. And when you got old. That kid was going to take care of mama. And that kid was going to take care. So to have a kid. And to have a bunch of them. Just guaranteed. I'm going to be okay. When I can't lift the shovel no more. I'm going to be okay because my kids are going to take care of it. This woman had no child. And the prophet, the man of God comes and says, you're going to have a kid. That story is to me so powerful, Sister Juanita, because what started something being birthed in her started with an act of faith. Something so simple, build a room. And she built a room. But now, The room's built, she's got her son, life is moving along great, she's got the miracle. He's four, five, six years old. And like a good boy would do, he's out working with his daddy in the field. Kind of like Owen outside working or Wyatt out there working. You get out there with the tools and the boy's following suit with daddy. Mama's back home. I'm trying to paint a picture because I want you to see how fast it changes. But then watch how she didn't allow the circumstance to get in here. He's out in the field and working and the Bible says that they were reaping. It was harvest time. And many times, struggles and battles come at harvest time when things are going great and you're bringing in the harvest and family's doing good, your marriage is doing good, the kids are doing good and everything in life is blissful. And the boy's out working in the field and he runs to his daddy and says, my head, my head. He had a stroke. and Knocks him down. And immediately he runs back or the the, the daddy grabs him and brings him in and puts him on the mama's Thank God for good mamas. A good mama that knows how to handle a child. Put that boy on the mama's knee and he dies. In that moment, that mama prayed for a son and gets it by miraculous happening. And now that which she asked for is being taken. Is there anything that God's ever told you He's going to do? And then God begins to do it and life is moving great and then out of nowhere it seems like that which you had gets taken away. That what God promised. Maybe a son and a daughter. Maybe it's someone in your family. God promised me they were going to live for God. God promised me they were going to do what was right. God promised me that my marriage was going to work out. God promised me let's take it down just individually has God ever promised you peace and then out of nowhere you lose your peace has God ever promised you in his word i'm going to heal you and you only get sicker see really what god's doing is he set you up that he's going to make a request that don't make sense because as long as we got it in the confines of what makes sense Everything's okay. But God likes to operate in the realm of faith when it don't make sense. Why does God heal, but yet God lets this one pass away? Why does God deliver this one, but cause this one to be in bondage and chains of torment and never can seemingly break free from the pain in their mind or the weariness in their body and spirit? This mama held that boy on her knee dead. Find me that verse. And there he is sitting, corpse, holding that which is signifying Brother Daryl, her joy, her future. Her future was in that boy. Is anybody understanding that there's things that happen to you and I that don't always make sense? But what we've got to understand is God's love for you and I is just as powerful as it was when He gave you the promise as it is when it seemed like the promise dies. Because if you and I hold to God loves me regardless of what happens today or what happens tomorrow, it's that love that's going to come back and visit you and I again. She, as he's sitting there, next verse, watch what she does. In verse 22, her response is what pays. It just rings bells. She goes and calls the husband. See, she still knew. See, and this is where you and I, faith still operates within order. She called her husband. She didn't just go off and do her own thing. She called her husband, the head of the home, and said, I need help with this situation. I need remedy for what I'm going through. And watch. I need you to get everything together. We got to go get the man of God for what's taking place with our son. Next verse. And watch what happens. Are we going to go today? Are you kidding me? Today, see God's request is not always on your time clock. God's going to ask you to do things that is not in your time frame. It's within order, yes, but it's not within your time clock. He may knock at your door at 2 o'clock in the morning. And say I need you to get up. And I need you to pray for so and so. That ain't for you and I to go call them the next day. And say hey this is what God told me. It's for you and I just to remain silent. And let God use us in that midnight hour. It's not conducive to timing. When God makes a request. It doesn't fit my measure. Well God you don't understand. I'm... I'm, I'm tied up right now at the moment you don't think he was trying to bring in the harvest he's got a harvest the boy's dead the reapers are in the field who's going to run the business while I'm taking care which to me speaks of the callousness of the daddy you were all about money and you didn't care about your family When it should have cared more about that family than it was making a buck. And I feel now in this hour, we care more about making a dollar bill than we care about protecting our wives. Men, you hear me in the Holy Ghost today. We care more about what we got to do than protecting our wives and our children. And then we wonder why our kids go chaos. We wonder why. Here's the wife perceiving this is what we need to do. And he's saying... Now, today of all days, woman, could you have not picked another day? Put him on ice. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to reel y'all in today. Put him on ice for a week. Let me get the harvest in. Some things in God that he requests require an urgent People say this about Benoit. My God, you're 100 miles an hour. You know why? Because I've done gotten the voice that said you got to get it done today. Because there may not be a tomorrow. You may not be here tomorrow. They may not be here tomorrow. I need you to cast the seed today. Because there's a work I'm doing today for somebody's tomorrow. And if you and I realize if I do what God told me to do today. Then I'm a success in God. If you and I showed up to the house of God today. Then you're a success in living for God. Not have what you want. You and I may not be perfect, but at least I came to where there's help in the house. Forsake not the fellow the assembling and the fellowship of the brethren together. Oh, it gets better. He God only says today, but then he goes into spiritual reasons. Is it a new moon? He tries to, well, you know, there's some things you ain't got time to go on a seven-day fast for. You should have did that two weeks ago. That's why when I'm praying and fasting and doing everything I need to do, and I'm submitted to headship and I'm in order with God, then I ain't got to worry about whether I'm in order or out of order. I can move in faith by what God has. And he says, hey, neither new moon or Sabbath. There will always be somebody That will try to rob you Of the urgency of your miracle Well Now that's not how we did it 40 years ago Or that's how we did it 40 years ago And that's where we are now We got to look at things I got to look at things How God sees it Not how I Brother Smith Not how I want it to be. And he says, hang on, it's a new moon or Sabbath. You know what he was just saying? The prophet only operates at certain times. And we can only meet him at certain times. You see, God is quickly moving us to a place... It ain't gonna be that's why God's going to move at you at two o'clock in the morning and say get to the house of God and we're going to pray meet me at the house of God I want I want to talk to you for a little bit see that's going to be a church in revival that says you know what God there's an urgency in the hour that I've got to move into I can't go by what's you no know. I can't depend on whether the lights are going to be on I gotta I'm gonna show up at the house of God at two in the morning and I'm gonna find God why because God's requesting something of me that God it doesn't make sense it don't make sense it don't make any sense of why I think back on so many times brother Tara when God would say I want you to do this I want you to do that I'll never forget it was a time Nick you'll appreciate this when we were at Eastwood we had minister's class every Sunday morning 8 o'clock and I've told this story before, but I bear witness of it again today. That Saturday night I'm sitting in that Walmart parking lot in Moss Bluff, that's back when they had normal Walmarts. Not these super centers that just, just they move every time I go to that store, they move what I want. The beans stay in one place. Regular Walmart, you didn't have that problem. They didn't have the room to move it, Sister Sandra. It always stayed. Didn't it? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all ain't saying amen, but y'all know I'm right. Super, nothing, just stay normal. I'm sitting in that parking lot waiting on her to go get whatever they do in Walmart. You know what I mean about that. And the Lord spoke to me, Brother Jill, sitting in that car. Head leaned to the seat, and said, "I want you to wash the feet of your brethren tomorrow morning in class." I said, "What? That don't make no sense, God. They gonna think I'm somebody. They don't. see because everything in that class, Nick was, we were so careful not to ever do anything that would quench the spirit of God. So, us many times, brother, you had to pull it out of us sometimes." that's a good thing. Brother Keith, I'm saying, oh God, this ain't going to work. How in the world, and first of all, how am I going to get a bucket up there? We're upstairs in the upper room, man. How am I going to get a bucket? There ain't no faucets. And what am I doing? I'm measuring the request. It don't make sense. This is stupid. They're going to think I'm trying to promote myself. They're going to think that I'm wanting to be the next service leader. All my brethren, my friends, they're going to think I'm trying to get in with Brother Ewan. Because, man, I'm really doing something I know he likes. And if I do what he likes, then maybe he'll promote me. Oh, you could hear a rat eat nice on that one. (laughs) So then, in the midst of that, God says, I want you to wash their feet. Gentle, sweet, soft voice of God so I said okay God I'm with you I'm on the same page but now I need a little confirmation just to know because God this almost seems like it would be just not right or I don't know and here's what I did brother I've waited till the class already started I waited till the end I, got, I was late on purpose and I had a bucket with a little bit of water slipped into class and I heard him sat on the back row and I heard him set that bucket under the chair and in the midst of it all brother Ewing got to talking and he did like he always did just talk and before long the Holy Ghost began to move and watch what he says brethren there's something about foot washing that changes everything Something moved on me, Brother Daryl. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, there's my sign. There's my confirmation. I I didn't have to, hey. I'm the super apostle of the group. I didn't have to do none of that, McKenzie. I just sat there. And Brother Ewan began to weep, Brother Jeff. And when he began to weep, I began to weep. And Brother Ewan kind of looked in my direction and watched. He said, Bubba, what you, before what you feel, I said, Brother Ewan, this is going to sound really crazy. But I felt last night to bring a bucket and wash the men's feet. I pulled that bucket out. They all began to weep. And they're brought, it with that, Brother Langley, came a spirit of unity amongst us. You say, well, why couldn't we just preach unity? Why couldn't Brother Ewan just demanded unity? It took somebody that would be willing to move in order and say, God, whatever the request is, whether it makes sense or not. I've had people say so many times, Baptism don't matter, you just do it it don't matter it don't matter what I do but here's what I need to ask somebody today what request sister betty it's so good to see you in the house of God today. oh I'm so thrilled to see your your little presence on that pew that thrills my heart.. Uh. I love our elders. They go through so much in their bodies. Still wanting to do what they want to do, and that old body says no. Well, you hear me. You call me, and I'll help you. Don't get on that roof no more, and don't get blowing on that concrete. Just, just take it easy. I'd like you to stay around a good while. The requests don't always make sense. But as you see from the verse, when she asks Him, you're going to have people that aren't going to agree with what God's asking you to do. You're going to have a that God's going to say, Brother Dale, it just don't make sense. Sit on the front row. Simple things. Move from this and do this. They don't always add up. But here in the moment, she told him, said, listen to me, all will be well if you just hear what I'm feeling. Next verse, watch how, she, watch how she and he together. She got his buy-in because the next verse denotes that he got involved with getting her ready and prepared. They saddled it. She said, I need to go forward and don't slow down because I'm a girl. Don't slow down because of my. God gave me this miracle. Now, I'm not, I'm for gender specific in the Word of God. I'm a strong advocate of male and female. But this scripture here is not being specifically specific to gender, it's speaking symbolically of the church. The Shudamite, the feminine gender, weak, the weaker vessel according to Scripture. Says. I need help. The church in this hour. Is calling for help to resurrect things that are dead that only God can resurrect. We're not going to resurrect it by fancy church. We're not going to resurrect it by men's strength. We're going to resurrect it when the church comes together and realizes I've got to have an urgency about this miracle. And when God gives me the request, I'm not going to measure it. I'm just going to respond. Respond to what God is asking me to do. If it's pray, a little bit more. If it's faithfulness to the house of God, a little bit more. If it's plug in, a little bit more. If it's connect with what God has. You see, there are things that all of us are holding that are dead, Brother Joe. I got promises that seem like there ain't a lick of life in them. And I'm like her. Saying, listen, I need you to get everything ready. Because I'm moving forward at whatever the cost. Next verse. And she came. And it came to pass when that man of God saw her. He saw that Shunammite coming. You would think right then God was preparing and getting him ready. Next verse. And he sent his servant and said I need you to do something for me. I need you to go find out from her how is everything is everything okay with her her husband and what? Is everything okay with the promise? And he runs and when he asks her she says See, because urgency to the requests that don't make sense gives you a perspective from God's point of view that you don't get any other way. You don't get it by, you only get it because you know I need God to move now. Have you ever been in prayer meetings? That when you go to the prayer meeting, Brother Daryl, you could hear a rat eating ice. And there ain't nothing moving in that prayer meeting but people just taking up time. But then you go to another prayer meeting and the roar of the effectualness and fervency in that prayer meeting, you literally walk into a cloak or a veil. You know what happened? Somebody realized I may not have a chance to pray again. I may not have a chance to be in a prayer meeting again. I may not have a chance to be a part of what God's doing again. So while I'm here I'm going to give it everything that I got. I'm going to pray with everything that I have. I'm going to give everything that I have. I'm not just going to meditate. I'm not just going to think some things in my mind. I did that at 6 o'clock in the morning. But when I get to God's prayer meeting I'm going to have a visitation because there's an urgency by the request that God's asking. When God asked me call of God came early in life Tristan, Micah I'm living for God. I'm on full paid scholarship at MacNeese. Full paid. Full ride. Piccadilly, man. I could eat there free. Thanksgiving and Christmas. I had even enough to give her a bite or two. Nobody remembers Piccadilly. I'm still mad. Full ride, Brother Roger. God, in a prayer meeting, fervent and intense. Because I had God saying, I need you to fulfill a job I got for you to do in ministry. And then I had another pull this way saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm on a full paid scholarship. I'm not about to give that up. I'm on a full ride at night. I'm not about to give that up. How am I going to pay for it? We weren't loaded. How are we going to pay for it? And I'll never forget it, Brother Joe. When I finally settled, this request don't make sense. See, what God knew was, I couldn't keep going on them basketball road trips. where in the hotels. Those basketball players were having orgies. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't act sanctified and Holy. That's what happens in those arenas. You think it's all fun and games. You couldn't keep going on road trips while they're living ungodly in their hotel rooms. And I said, okay, God, I see what I'm involved. I wasn't involved in the behavior. I was happily but being around it, God saying, you gotta come out. And when I settled, God, I grant the request. And I will stop. I'll never forget, Brother Savon. I walked into the head coach basketball. You remember him back then, Steve Welch. Coach Welch. I walked into Coach Welch's office. Good man. I said, Coach Welch, I had tears running down my cheek. I said, Coach Welch, you ain't gonna believe what I'm about to ask you. He had been so good to me, Brother Joe. They had given me work, study. He had helped me. I mean, just on and on, treated me like the players. I said, Coach, I got to give up my scholarship. Tears running down my cheek, Brother Joe. Would you believe that man began to cry? I said, God told me I got to give it up because God wants me to do something else. He said, Son, I don't maybe understand everything you're telling me. But he said, if that's what you're, I hold nothing against you. You've done a great job. And it ended with such a positive turn. It didn't make sense, Brother Smith. But do you know that when I gave it up, we never suffered for one tuition payment. We never suffered one time In needing money in trying to Facilitate or get my education done In college you know why Because when you and I grant the request That God's asking for us to do God says you can't see it But from my standpoint when you Grant me the request And do what I'm asking you to do I take you to a level that you can See from where I can see Faith will help you and lead you In that business deal faith will Lead you and guide you in what God's asking you to do, if God's asking you in ministry, if God's asking you in your finances, if God's asking in your well being and living for God, just grant him the request regardless of what sense it makes and she says all is well with him now watch, it took her granting the request The Lord put on her heart to build a room. If she would have never built the room, Brother Micah, She'd have never had a place to resurrect her promise. And the end of this story was, she says, it's well. And she goes and she appeals to the man of God and says, I'm not leaving you until you come to my house. I'm not leaving your side. You can send your servant. There are some things that only God can do for you and I. Coming to the house of God. Living for God and being faithful. he says, all right, I'm going to go. Her obedience to what didn't make sense in building a room, Brother Darrell, the very first part of that chapter was the thing that down the road she took that boy, she brought him to that room where the man of God stayed, and she laid him in the bed of the man of God. If she would have never obeyed the request There would have never been a bed there And a room there For when it came down the road And so I'm telling some faithful saint You've been living for God a long time And you have declared As for me and my house We will serve the Lord Don't you waver now Just because something's dead And that relationship's dead And that son and daughter seems dead God can resurrect it now Just bring that dead promise To the man of God Bring that dead promise to the word of God and let God. Musicians come. I'm Her obedience to an unusual request, Brother Daryl, made room for the miracle. But now watch this. When she laid that boy and she got the man of God there, I don't know about you, how you feel about things. But here's the story. The man of God laid on top of the dead boy. Sister Georgia, that's just weird. Come on, can I get five people just to admit that's weird? It don't make sense. And she lay, he laid across that boy. Eyeball to eyeball. What's that represent? Literally, that I go lay across it. That's not what he's saying. Take the authority that you have in living for God. That's what that man of God represented. Authority. He had authority. That man of God spoke that son into existence. That man of God had enough power in his faith and authority on that man of God to resurrect that thing. And when that man of God rested, it was his authority resting over that dead promise. He looked eyeball to eyeball, mouth to mouth, arm to arm, and said, Brother Sean, this thing's getting up. I don't know what he did or said. All it says, he got up, and he went walk to and fro, and he went back again. And when he did, that boy sneezed seven times and got back up. All because a woman of God, a man of God, A person of God said, I hear the request and it don't make sense. I've done it like this, Brother Larry. I took a bottle of oil. At my home, it don't make sense. I went, took that anointed all as the man of God, not as the preacher, as the husband of my home. But every house I've ever moved in, whether it be a townhouse in San Francisco or an apartment or condominium, before I ever moved in that place, I'd get that bottle of oil and I anointed every window, I anointed every door, I anointed, and I said, God, let this dwelling be under you. Some people say you lost your ever loving mind, preacher. No, the request don't make no sense. But in the request, God said, I. I'm asking it of you. I'm asking you to do what don't make sense and let me fulfill a miracle for you. Stand with me. I'll never forget Brother Guy. George Guy would do this. Brother Bushnell, you may remember it. Brother Smith, y'all may remember it, but because of the times and different things, Brother Guy used to have a, a dollar coin, one of them gold coins. I think it's a Susan B. Anthony. I don't know but it's a dollar. gold. ain't real gold, but it's gold color. And everywhere we went, Sister Smith, if you ran into Brother Guy, he was going to give you a coin. Nick, you'll remember. He'd give us a coin. I mean, I got coin. If it wasn't a coin, it'd be a bean, Brother Joe. I remember when he did beans. I remember the time when he took a check. A check at a service one time. He said, everybody get out a blank check. A blank check. He said, "I want you to get a blank check out, and I want you to write on that check how much you need a financial miracle for. And I want you." And he said, "I want you to sign it, if I remember right." And he said, "I want you to take that check. He wasn't giving to the church. Nobody get nervous. I'm not taking an offering. Think money, man. Everybody freaks out, man. Oh God, we're going for an offering, no." He said, "I want you to write in that blank what you need God to do." It didn't make no sense, as to Anita. It didn't make sense. But you know what, Brother Daryl, I wrote it. I found that check not too long ago, and I looked at the amount, Brother Daryl. God's given that back to me. You know, and I didn't put no fifty million on there, okay? Because I knew that. I'm not saying I don't have faith it's just I have little sense too but I put on there an amount that I felt my faith could reach out for some people got greater faith some people put millions he's one of them I promise you he probably put probably not a it, there you go there you go perfect example he's a 10 millioner right there and God will do that you will have 10 million There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You won't only have ten. It will be a hundredfold. You know why? Because God can trust you. See, that's the factor. God don't do some of this stuff because it's a trust issue. Your blessedness could be blessed beyond measure if you let God have it. And those little things that didn't make sense, Brother Darrell, I look back on it now, and God has fulfilled it just like He said. So here today, what request is God making of somebody? Maybe it's, I've been in service, and we write down on a piece of paper and put it in a bucket. Those are all good. We may do that one day. But today, what's God requesting of you? It don't make sense been in services where people started giving shotguns, wedding bands oh Benoit get off of it, you're going to make our visitors nervous, they ain't never going to come back it's okay, I've been, been part of this, I've witnessed it with my own eyes when people gave sacrificially something began to move in there they didn't buy a miracle, here's what happened, it's real simple, and we got a, we got blasted at Azusa Street in Los Angeles we paid people to get the Holy Ghost when we took up a great offer. No, we did None of us saw People realize that if I give whatever God's requesting of me, regardless of what makes sense, God will bring it back to me. Whether it be my health, you say, Well, what could I give? Give your time, give your prayer. It don't always have to be money give whatever God's asking it's your life God I surrender my all somebody here today that's what he's asking for and he could heal your mind from the past but he ain't going to do it until you grant him the request he's asking for lift your hands right now God I thank you for every individual in this house today your request has gone forth right now come on God's talk to somebody here today God's talked to somebody today You've been dealing with it for a long time There's a request He's got of you Maybe it's just to kind of come back to God Come on, pray back through, backslider. Don't wait till it's too late Don't wait till it's too late Don't wait until your kids Let it be you today That begins to Make a difference Mama, daddy, somebody Oh, hear me today. Grab the hand to the person next to you You're not joining the church today, but I want us to all come together as a family. Come on, come together at this altar as a family. Let's together give God what He's asking for. His request is, is that we come to this altar and we give our heart. We give our spirit. For some it may be repentance. Repent today and ask God to forgive you of your sins. For some it may be, well, I don't understand all this Holy Ghost and talking in tongues. Why don't you just let God have His way and give Him His request. I want to fill you with my spirit. Lift your hands all across this building today. Come on, just talk to Him right now.